Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of Carolyn Talks, the special segment of So Here's What Happened. In this episode, Carolyn speaks to Mikhail Aviad, director of Working Woman, which is currently part of the Contemporary World Cinema Program at the Toronto International Film Festival. Mikhail is an award-winning director, writer, and producer whose films have screened at various festivals and broadcasted all over the world. Working Woman is a film that takes a close and personal look at how sexual harassment in the workplace takes a toll on the protagonist, Orna, as she tries to navigate an environment that becomes increasingly toxic. Thanks again for tuning in for this episode. I hope you really enjoy this conversation that Carolyn has with Mikhail. Um, We do, however, apologize for some of the unavoidable noises that were picked up during the recording. Uh, Please bear with us. We did our best to get most of the noise cut down. And yeah, so enjoy. So thank you so much, Mikhail, for talking with me about your film, Working Woman. Um, I watched it and I loved it. I I first want to ask you about the title because I thought the title was very interesting because it's a, a it's like an every woman film right because even though it takes place in Israel um, and it's in a foreign country like I'm from Barbados and I live here in Canada but like the story itself is universal right Absolutely. so was that your intention in giving the film that title Interesting. I didn't think about that exactly. I was thinking more. First of all, the title came very late. Okay, the title okay. came later. Okay. I usually my titles come at the in the editing room. Okay. I first call it. It was it was called working. Yeah. The working project. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. You know when we were filming it. Yeah. Um. And um. Toward, in, during editing, I, I really realized that what I want to deal with is the issue of relationship between women and men in the workplace. Right. Which is that all of us, you know, most of, most women have bosses. Uh, and most of us have to do, most of us have to deal with male bosses. Yes. And it's always an issue. Always. It's always an issue and we don't talk about it enough. We don't. Um and like I've been, I'm 35 years old and I've been working since I was 15. Yeah. And majority of my bosses have always been men. Of course. And I've had good bosses and I've had not so good bosses. Yeah. But even then, sometimes we we always have to keep ourselves on guard, even oh, with the even with the good bosses, right? Oh, and with the good men, because we 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 don't have that foundation of trust because of experiences that we all literally all exactly. have, right? Exactly. And it's I think it it. I think there's something very insidious about it appearing, uh, taking place in a place of work because yeah. that's where you're, you're expected to be professional and you're expected to conduct yourself in a certain manner. Exactly. But they don't always. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I think that also because so many of the jobs nowadays, yours for instance, mine for instance, yeah. are jobs that are not um, 
only in the office, only between eight and between nine and four, are not, you know, are much more, um, are much, we, we meet people for lunch, for dinner, for this, for that, and they're more, the jobs are more versatile on some level. Yes. On the other level, it can make us, uh, it can put us in danger yes. much easier. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, what we're dealing with. And uh, and therefore, you're right, working woman, it's a universal name. Uh, right, and um, <laughs> I guess that's a track outside. And I want and for I wanted to ask you about your films because all of your films are female centered. That's right. So when you began making when you decided that you wanted to be a filmmaker, was it a conscious decision that you said, I wanna make my films about women and for women? Yes, but I don't know why. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. You're yes. like, I want to do it, but I'm not sure why. <laughs> no, I know. I yeah. know why. The interesting thing is that yeah. that's what I felt in the 1980s. Yeah, and that's what I still feel. Mm -hmm. So, and I still feel that there is so much. I mean, there is. It's so fruitful. I mean, because so few women make films, uh, there are still so many areas that. We, are fresh and new uh, to make films about right that we're not you know that we didn't make before so there there is all the time more and more material that I'm excited about so I'm still in the same sort of line of work right I um, still make I, films from the point of view of women and I, I guess because also like because you started in the 80s but a lot has happened for women yeah. with, with regards to um, advancement in work and mm -hmm. in school, but a lot, also a lot of it hasn't changed because right. there's some things that, like for instance, we're like we're talking about sexual harassment. It has not changed. We like to say that as a society and the world as a global, as a global community has progressed That's and that right. we're becoming we're civilized. But there's certain things that we take two steps forward and we take one step back. I think always. you're right. I think that you're right. I think that for this thing to change, there need to be a major uh, shift, major cultural shift. Right. Uh, which will really make us treat each other, uh, women and men, as, um, as human beings mm -hmm. and really listen to each other's uh, wills. Right. And, uh, and when this happens, I think that we'll have much better sex yes. and much better relationships. <laughs> and much better, yeah, because <laughs> one, when, once we're, because people always say, oh, you can't love unless you, you love yourself. You can't love people until you love yourself, which is true. But also is um, like I was discussing this with a friend on Twitter. Like once someone, once you, you someone wholeheartedly reciprocates, like the positive things that you give exactly. give back, like everything is better because yeah. it, it has to be mutual reciprocation, right? Exactly. It can't all be one sided. Absolutely. And and we say this about in work. We always say because um, I've worked in um, service industry, I've done retail, I've been a barista, and at home for in Barbados, we always say um, if our employers want us to work well. We have to have a happy work environment, Absolutely. but a lot of employers forget this, right? That's right. Especially when it's men, because like yeah. men are men have been conditioned to believe literally everything they do is right, which is not to, not to say that you're right. But, but yeah, um, but what I, I'm trying to be like not diplomatic, but I'm trying to say like not all men are like that, but it's like a general consensus. Because I think that me most men yeah. are like that. That's why we try to not to make um, the boss a total villain. Mm -hmm. Because we all know men who sexually harass women, yeah. you know, and they're not just villains. No, there are all kinds of, you know, they have all kinds of, uh, um, you know, um, 
features and uh, and one of the features which is common to many men is uh, to be blind right they don't notice they don't know they don't believe what they're doing is wrong exactly right because um because i found it interesting at the beginning of the film when orna first starts working for benny the i guess one of the one of her co-workers she was like oh he's a great boss i've been working for him for 15 years and i've never had a problem and i believe that that was genuine for her and it kind of like leads into what a lot of people are discussing now with the me too movement and times up where um where one woman will speak and say this happened to me but then you have like a hundred women say oh but it didn't happen to me with the same man with the same man what happened to her with the another man yeah right true yeah but but then it's like we we also have to society has to realize like your experience isn't my experience that's right and that doesn't negate what I experienced absolutely right absolutely. and I think that's and I think that's important because um, a thing that I what I found interesting I had it later down but I, it just came to me like when I was watching the film especially when Orna told her mom that she made a mistake yeah. in Paris I wanted to ask you why did you why, did, why is it framed as her saying that she made a mistake because I think she said I made a mistake because she feels guilty right now let's ask why she felt guilty if she feels guilty I think that she feels guilty because we always feel guilty mm-hmm. number one we always feel that we could do something right uh, to not to make it happen because we are all the time always blame blame that if something happened to us we wanted it to happen or we could have done better far, far harder because yeah. I'll, I'll admit when I, when I was watching this scene in Paris where he's basically he's assaulting her I'm yes. telling her I'm, in my, I'm saying hello why don't you just knee him in the groin and I had to check myself I'm like no because in that situation like you, like you're, you're she's afraid and she's like she doesn't know what could happen if she fights back he could become more violent or she's just and also I think fight. at least you know we were not raised to be violent mm-hmm. physically right you know it doesn't to me at least it doesn't come to my mind right away to react with violence yeah because that's not the way I was raised up mm-hmm. and uh, I always know that they should you know I, you know in your mind that uh, you should uh, kick him in the groin you should yeah I never did it yeah never came to me at the right moment <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You, always, you always think uh, retro, in, in retrospect you're like That's I right. could have done this but it's like yeah. in, the, in the moment it's like like what do I do and then you like you literally freeze and that kind of stuff right and um, so and, uh, the, a question I had was I noticed that the film literally Orna is in every scene every shot yeah. every shot and I thought it was and I thought it was brilliant but I also thought that was like special because that doesn't happen in a lot of films even films about women mm-hmm. like we still get scenes about co-workers or you might have a, a family right. scene with the family with the mm-hmm. husband and the children but she's always there mm-hmm. even if she's just come even if it starts with the husband and the kids that's right she's she finds her way into the scene that's right right when you were writing the script when you um when you and your co-writers were writing the script was that intentional yes i think that what we decided what i decided what basically what i wanted to do i wanted for the first time to to uh, go and to show how a woman experiences yeah. sexual harassment. So I knew the film was going to be from her point of view mm-hmm. and from, I call it the filmmaker point of view. Yeah. A point of view that is, you know, takes her into account and whoever else in the, in the, is in the scene into account. And therefore, nothing could happen when she is not there. Right. You know, because, you know, she doesn't know what happens with 
her boss and his wife. Mm-hmm. So if that, so you know, so I didn't did a scene to show what happens with his boss and his wife, because I'm, I'm I try to really focus on her point of view on what she knows about the world, and she knows only you know partially about the reality she's working in, because we all know only partially what's happening. Right, and um. Something about Orna I find is when she's home, she she knows who she is. But I find when she's when she there's like a, a strange back and forth progression with her. When she first starts working, she's very um, she knows who she is and she like she's I want to do this job. I'm gonna grow. But as Benny becomes more and more, um, he starts to encroach on her space more and more. Like her confidence slowly starts to diminish. I think she starts to question true. herself a lot. I think it's true. I think that um, he makes it very hard on her. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, all the time he promises more money, more success, you know, a future. Mm-hmm. And these two are really hard to deal with because right. they can predict each other. Yeah. Right. And I think also what made it more difficult for her to handle or to, like, she, she was doubting that maybe that it was happening was because he he was her old army commander. This is someone that yeah. she respected and he had a, he's always had a position of authority over her. So always. it's, it's yeah. almost a second nature for her when she's dealing with him to, like, step back. That's right. Right. And, um, why, why an army commander? Why that position for for him over her? I wanted. Um, trying to remember why I did it. Uh, I first of all, many many people go through the army uh, in Israel, but um, I wanted to make sure that this guy has had power for so long that he's not conscious of it anymore or if he ever was. Right. Um, that's one thing. And the other thing is um, I think he falls in love with her. But I don't know if he already was I think that he put it he put an eye on her when she was a soldier. Right. And then he forgot and he went through with his life and so on. But somehow her coming back into his life um makes it for him makes him makes it into a challenge to right. win her. So somehow this kind of I don't have a good answer. No, that's okay. I, I kind of, I kind of get what you mean. That like he was like, I have an opportunity. I'm gonna seize it. And plus, if he was in the army, there would have been more serious repercussions. Maybe for for something yeah. like that. If she had reported him versus where right. she's working in his company. Exactly. Okay. Um. So I have one more minute. So um, there were two scenes that I really, really loved in the film. And um, one was after the first time that Benny kisses her. Mm-hmm. She's walking past the storefront window and she wipes the the lipstick off her mouth and she buttons up her shirt. Mm-hmm. To me, that was. It was, it was a small moment but it meant a lot because that's when to me it, it, that was when she caught, lost all of her confidence dealing with him I think you're right that's, I think that it happens to us sometimes yeah. when I was younger it happened to me too they tried to figure out what's you know what in me mm-hmm. um, make me 
make me so vulnerable right. uh, to men. And I would try to sort of put up my shirt, do all these kind of things, and it never helps. It never helps. Right. You know, because we actually know that it's not, you know, what we were, it's something else. Right. So, for me, to me, it's also an important moment. Mm-hmm. And and the other, my other favorite scene is near the end where she's typing the the reference letter for him. Yeah. And I thought it was really powerful that she's breaking that for herself. She's like, I'm gonna put what I want in it. I'm gonna say what I need to say. But also, just before she finishes it, she she berates herself. She's calling herself stupid. She's mm. calling herself ignorant. She's like, I should have done this. Mm. I should have done that. But I think what I, um, but I think Leron did. She did a like she was she. It was so subtle, but it was like you could see her literally put herself back together again. And I thought I really love that scene because I we all have those moments where you're like you're looking at yourself in the mirror. And you're like you could, you should have done this, but then you're like you shake it off and you have to go again. Of course. So I wanted to ask you, what was it like filming that scene? How did you go about directing Leron? First of all, it's so hard to write yourself a recommendation letter. It is. To say good things about yourself. It's impossible. It's so hard and it's humiliating. Mm-hmm. It's, it's unpleasant and so on. So that's first thing. But the truth is that with this scene, I was sure that it would be really, really difficult. Right. And it was like uh, three takes. You did it three she takes. Just, she just she just burst out crying, always at the right moment. Mm-hmm. And she just did it. I have no idea how. That was great because those two scenes, because they're just opposed against each other. Because yeah. one is she's losing her confidence, and the and at the end she's finding her confidence, yeah. right? And. So, um, well, in that case, I can ask you one more question. So, um, another scene that I found interesting was when um, um, Orna tells her mom what happened. Yeah. And her mom assumed that she had actually slept with Benny. Yeah. And she was like, it's okay, we all make mistakes. Yeah. And she got up and she walked away. And I thought it was like, I, I thought that she would have been the one to say, what happened? Who did this? Who hurt you? But I think that many times, I don't know in your experience, but first of all, uh, women often uh, play into the system. Yes. And mothers especially. Mm-hmm. I think that many times the way mothers want to protect us is exactly the wrong way. Yeah. Because I think that mothers say, I went through this and I survived. So she will go through it and she'll survive too, you know? And so I'm not sure that mothers, I'm, I'm, I don't want to generalize, but mothers are not always the most progressive. Mm. Um, factor mm-hmm. in society and many times they don't serve it that well uh, and I think that uh, Orna's mother is a woman like that I think that it, it wouldn't occur to her you know that um, what happened to Orna is exactly what happened, happened to, yeah because she would have been like you know what but even if it's you know even let's say that Orna would tell her what happened yeah she might have said okay forget about it mm-hmm. it's five minutes mm-hmm. five minutes of your life exactly forget about it. and she would have been like he's your boss like you're making good money like exactly. you don't want to rock the boat kind exactly. of situation right so, so just be careful right so yep. so it's so it was interesting because like as you said there's a lot of internalized misogyny in the female community as well and we do we're sometimes our own worst critics and our own Absolutely. worst enemies right Absolutely. and like, even Absolutely. in an office even in like work environment where there's an office filled with women mm-hmm. sometimes the worst people that the worst people are other women because Absolutely. we're always having to we're always trying to prove to like especially if you have a male boss I can be just 
just as hard on her as as anyone else, right? Exactly. And, and it does not help us at all. <laughs> I think you're right. Right? So, someone's telling me to stop. So, <laughs> so, um, so then going off of that, also, um, um, her husband's reaction, I thought it was interesting because he immediately knew something was wrong, but then he kind of switched from being understanding to being to blaming her yeah so I think there are two things number one is that um, many times we tell ourselves I knew it yes this is so I think that's his reaction Um, but what does he mean he does he didn't know it uh, and I think that he blames her also because he's conditioned, exactly like uh, her boss, but also because there is something she breached some kind of trust between them. She didn't tell him for a long time. Right. And in some way, I understand him mm-hmm. because there is intimacy in a couple that when you don't tell things to each other, something in the intimacy uh, get broken. Right. On the other hand, she couldn't tell him because he will, you know, he wouldn't allow her to continue with the job. Right. And they needed the money, and she is ambitious and so on. So, I just wanted to show how sexual harassment really affects the entire environment. Right. It does because she at home she was she started to like get paranoid and she started to freak out and she was like making mistakes and she was she she wasn't taking care of things that she wasn't washing clothes and right so like it does affects like from work to home and everything mm. right but um sorry hello hello yeah hi Shaila <laughs> I'm still I'm still being Sheila I'm still I'm still being interviewed can we talk in like five minutes yeah. okay thank you bye it's okay, we'll cut that out. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I just loved how everything focused on her and how you saw her progression from being sure and confident to being she lost her confidence and then she was yeah. she was, but then she gathers it back. And I think that was a great way, especially love the end the last shot where you can see again. I think um, Niran does an amazing job with using her face and like conveying emotions. She's and a she, wonderful actress. Yeah, like so I love the last shot where you can see her face like she's like I'm gonna I'm gonna win. I'm gonna do this, and I, in my head it was hoping. I'm like, I hope she opens a real estate agency and gives Benny a run for his money. Exactly, <laughs> that's what I'm hoping happens. She won't employ him. Exactly. No, she'd be like, you know what? He come for an interview. She, he come for an interview. She'd be like, I'm sorry, but no, we, we have other people. Exactly. Because I'm petty that way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, thank you so much for talking thank to me, Mikhail. I really enjoy this. And thank I you really so enjoy much. The film. I enjoyed talking talking to you because you you're a smart woman. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you.